When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Blakey's Boot Room, the number one Cardiff City podcast. Brought to you by Wales Online. Hello and welcome to Blakey's Boot Room, the Cardiff City podcast in association with Giovanni's Restaurants. I'm your host, Glenn Williams, and I'm joined by Nathan Blake. And a warm welcome back to Paula Bandonato. Chaps, how are we? Good, thanks, very good. Glenn. Very, very good. Very good, thank you. Very good, good, good. thank you. We've had a few technical difficulties this morning, but it looks like we're finally back on track. No, 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 no. Rephrase. You've had technical difficulties. I've had technical difficulties <laughs> this morning, but fingers crossed. Don't want to jinx him, but we're back. Nobody move, right? Everyone freeze. <laughs> um, Paul, it's been a couple of months since, since you've been on the show. You, you, uh, you were off the last time we did this podcast. Um, you, look, you must be looking forward to, to the restart of the, of the championship campaign. I am, Glenn, although it's a little bit surreal to think that you know it's almost upon us again after what a three-month absence or whatever it's been. It's been um, it, it, is, it is something to get excited about, I think, though. It's going to be strange watching behind closed doors football particularly at Cardiff City Stadium where Blakey and, and yourself and others know how passionate those fans are and what a great atmosphere can be created there. Um, but there are nine games suddenly looming in a short space of time for Cardiff to try and get into those playoff positions and push for promotion to the Premier League again. And I do think that's something for us all to get excited about. And Blakey, since since we last spoke, the fixture schedule has been sort of cemented and, and we know now that they've got leads in that opener next weekend and the fixtures thereafter. You must be getting a little bit more exciting as it looms. Uh, yeah, so, so, Glenn, I am looking forward to it, but uh, with the, you know, obviously the things was going on at the moment with uh, uh, my fellow brothers and sisters, it's, uh, it's difficult to... Uh, really get excited and see beyond anything else really because there's yeah. bigger things at play so um looking forward to it uh, you know but uh, like i said uh, right now there's more important things on my mind which uh, uh, are bigger and broader but um yeah good good good, good that it's starting back still think it's a bit early personally mm. but uh those decisions are not in my hands, so um, let's see what happens. Yeah, you're right, and as, as you rightly point out, been been a crazy few weeks and months. But you know, fingers crossed, a, a step towards football is a very, very tentative, small step back to normality. Yeah. We can we can all all hope. Well, we don't want normality, Glenn. That's the problem. Normality's been. I don't want to hijack the show with. Uh, no, no, you're right. You you're know, right. Uh, racism issues and what have you, but normality can be no longer. Mm. Yeah, you know it has to change. It's as simple as that. It's very, very tiring, mate. Very, very tiring. It's like trying to run a marathon every day with, you know, uh, dragging a sledge or something like that, packed full of all sorts. It's just it's now on. Gets to the point. It's now on impossible. So, uh, but 
like I said, let's uh, let's talk footy. No, you're, I mean you're right to, to raise um, the important issues as well. So, um, so yeah, um, okay. On on the show then, we're going to be speaking um, about this weekend. The, 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 we've learned that there's going to be a mini South Wales derby. If you can get, call any South Wales derby a mini South Wales derby this weekend. Um, and as I've spoken about uh, the Leeds United opener um, and, and the packed fixture schedule, and um, then we're going to talk a little bit about Sol Bamba, who, who's, who's come out this morning and, and sort of spoken about his future a little bit as well. So, so let's dive straight into it then. Um, we learned last night that um, Cardiff City and Swansea City are planning uh, a South Wales derby this weekend in, in preparation for both of their returns to competitive action. Um, Cardiff City, incidentally, yesterday played two friendly matches against Cheltenham Town, two hour-long uh, matches. They won the first game 3-1 and the second game 2-0, but this is a, a market step up in, in standard, you'd think, uh, this Saturday. Uh, Blakey, what, what, what do you make of that? Do you think that that's, a, that's a good idea for Cardiff and Swansea to be, to be playing this <laughs> 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 uh, I, ahead of uh, yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean, you know, uh, there's probably better approaches. Listen, I understand it. It's competitive. It will be competitive. Both players, sets of players, will understand the reasons why they're doing it as well. It is a fitness exercise, so I can't see uh, anything being, you know, untoward or anything like that. It's your, it's your arch rival, but at times like this, with this virus and what have you, you realise that, you know, those kind of things go out the window. You both benefit doing things that are beneficial to both clubs and both sets of players. So, you know, I applaud it. I, I think I think it's a, a really good situation, especially, you know, where Wales, that's England, and rules, definitive rules are different, both sides of the, uh, each side of the Severn Bridge. So... Ourselves and Swansea and, and, and Wrexham, Newport, all in the same boat. So, you know, I think it's, uh, it's, it's good preparation. Uh, Paul, what are your thoughts on, uh, on that game this weekend? Um, well, it's not the first time that, that these two have had behind closed door friendly game. Um, it's been hastily arranged. It's happened before. It'll happen again in the future. I mean, as Blakey says, it's a means to an end this one. I don't think we should read too much into what happens in the result. I think the bigger picture, to be honest with you, Glenn, is 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 what happens when Cardiff play Leeds in the other games in terms of exactly how behind closed door football affects Cardiff. Um, and the truth is, I don't know. And and in a moment, I'll, you know, maybe Blake can give us some insight. But you know, this is a unique situation where you've got proper competitive games with with the Premier League at stake. There are no fans there. We we all know how hostile intimidating, uplifting Cardiff City Stadium can be for the home team when they're, where big games with something really riding on it. We've seen situations where Cardiff are a goal down after 88 minutes and the crowd rally them and they get back in the game with a set piece or whatever. They'll miss all that and it'll be interesting to see just how, as I say, behind closed door football will pan out. Will it, will it favour... A team like Cardiff, Blakey, with 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 a bigger squad, and they can they can refresh it all the time. Will it favour the footballing teams? The other thing I ask Blakey is somebody like Josh Murphy, who sometimes looks a little bit inhibited by the fans, but we know has the ability to tear up this division in what is a an inverted commas a training ground type exercise. Although it's not, but you know what I mean. There are no fans there to pile the pressure on. 
could yeah. somebody like Josh Murphy just suddenly really fire in, in this sort of football and really lift Cardiff? I'm intrigued to know how that all pans out. And if you can give some sort of insight to us all, that would be great. If, if I can remember the whole question, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the first part, you were talking about the fans and their importance and you know uh, their influence on the team, especially this season. Uh, Glenn and I had, and Ben had spoken about it uh, a week or so ago, and I said, you know, the fact that, you know, this whole season really, uh, the team has been largely driven by the fans. And you mentioned it there, Paul, you know, late set pieces, late on, never out of the game. They've had more comebacks and got more points, I think, than anyone in the championship from you know from the last 10 minutes of games it's been huge and that has largely been the fans not accepting the performance level and you know driving the team to you know do better and and get more out of them and uh, i think you're right i think you know it's going to be really interesting now to see how players react uh without that fan base behind you um because you know, playing games in em empty stadiums is is probably the last thing as a footballer you want. You know, regardless whether the crowd gives you stick or not. You know, it often, you know, it, it, it often drives teams. It might drive the opposition sometimes, who, who are un unintimidated sometimes. So it it, and it it definitely has a big influence on a team, and a team like Cardiff, I think this season has been huge, uh, larger than normal. Um, and you could say similar in the Premier League, you know, the, the acceptance that you know will probably fail, but we're going to enjoy it and, and 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 try and drive the team to some sort of victory. And they 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 nearly got out of it, you know, you know. Aside one or two decisions, I think uh, at the top level, I think I think they could have. But you know, it's going to be uh, really interesting. But it's difficult as a footballer to play in an empty stadium. As for Josh Murphy, I I, I don't share your uh, what's the word I'm looking for optimism. Optimism. Yeah, I think I I I I don't know if. Um, he, he, he doesn't come across to me like he's a happy footballer. Not personally, I mean, at this moment in time, at Cardiff City. And I mean, that can change. I had times where I was unhappy playing, not playing for the club, but unhappy with uh, the manager or, you know, uh, decisions that have been made or certain things that were happening around. So, um, but I, I wouldn't, I'm, I'm not looking to any individual really um especially someone who wasn't really tearing it up before lockdown happened i'm just looking at the collective and hoping you know uh these last nine games they can do better than uh most other teams and that might give them a chance to get in the playoffs but i i don't hold the same sort of level of optimism i've always maintained i, th I thought they'd finish eighth ninth tenth and um you know, I still think that's the case. However, what they've got now is an opportunity to actually jump ahead of the pack because now everyone's starting at the same position again. So if you can get off to a good start, if you're... And, and this is the importance of the training they've done, 
the approach to the start of the season, how they've built towards it. Can they peak and then maintain that peak for eight, seven or eight or nine games? Remains to be seen, but that is what I'm hoping they do. So the teams like Leeds United and what have you, they're not as quick out of the blocks as Cardiff City. But, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's all about the preparation now, what they've done in preparation to the lead up to the start of the um, to finish the season. Sorry, the one thing. See the, res- the restart, Glenn. The restart for me before you come in is is, you know, it's like Blakey said there. There's like an, an unexpected second chance for Cardiff here, mm. and I think that they could be one of the beneficiaries of the lockdown because they'd lost their talisman Lee Tomlin for the season. He's suddenly available again. They'd lost Nathaniel Mendes Lang, who Blakey's a massive fan of. He's suddenly available again. Now, I appreciate every team can get their players fit, obviously, but um, where where I I think Blakey's right. I think we all agree that eighth place is probably right for Cardiff this season. But I also think with the squad of players they've got, they've punched below their weight this season. Yeah. Whereas teams above them, your Millwalls, your Bristol Cities, probably your Forests, have punched... Preston or another one have punched above their weight, and it's almost like this re- gives chance. This this lockdown has given chance Cardiff a chance to reset, to rethink things, and maybe they can just go on a charge that actually sees them punching their weight now. Um, I and, think you know. <laughs> sorry, Paul. Can I come in there? I I think I think you're you're, you're absolutely right, right? <laughs> but in my opinion, and this is my own personal opinion. And understanding football the way I do, the reason why they punch below weight is, as I've said before, is the football they play. Yeah. Right. It's not players. Players expect to play a certain standard of football. Right. Now, whether you play in a four-four-two, a three-five-one, a four-three-three, a diamond, that's all immaterial. That's all like tactical work we do preparation on the training ground and we play this system against them this system against them but i think largely and i've i've maintained this for probably a few years at cardiff uh longer than that cardiff as a club are in the modern day football as a uh, aesthetically they got the stadium they got the big squad, you've got the training ground and blah, blah, blah. But the brand of football they play is not conducive to winning titles in this day and age, right? It's why you don't see teams like if uh, Middlesbrough under Tony Pulis or, um, you know, uh, West Brom under uh, people like, uh, Tony Pulis. It's what, and I'm not digging out Tony Pulis. I'm saying the brand, that brand of football, is something of the past for me. And you're not gonna, you know, you you wouldn't get, you wouldn't get a team close to the top ten in the Premier League playing that style of football. You wouldn't get it. it you know, you look through the Premier League and you look at your Wolves, you know, your Tottenham's, your Liverpool's, your Arsenal's, your Man United's, your Man City's. It's all, they're all trying to play a fast, free-flowing, keep the ball, pass the ball on the floor, movement, triangles, you know, and it's not, that's not new. You know, you could go back to the 70s and watch Brazil and World Cups, so you're playing that brand of football. You've, you, Cardiff have got 
on the pitch, they've got to upscale. They've got to get to a, a standard of football, which is going to give them more opportunity. If you've got the ball longer and more often, it stands to reason, logic, that you're going to have more opportunities to get forward, more opportunities to score, more corners, more, final, more play in the final third. And, you know, that's just something I, I feel where is the biggest letdown for me. Everything else they've got, massive squad, great stadium, training facility, you know, the whole shebang. But the brand of football, and I think that was what we on the boot room said about Neil Warnock, and the transition can go from A to D. It's got to go from A to B to C to D. But then you look and, and you ask, Right, Neil Harris is now the manager. Is the transition in place? Was it in place? Will we see in a transition to better style of football? I, I, I think to touch on that point and to tie that in with Josh Murphy, I think the one advantage this nine-game run-in will afford players like Josh Murphy is this new rule change now where Cardiff can name nine players on the bench and use five substitutions. Now, to tie in with your latest point there, Blakey, I think mm. from top to bottom, Cardiff are quite a workman-like team, ab abrasive, get-in-your-face, you know, from Callum Patterson up top to the two base midfield players to the, the defenders, perhaps save Lee Tomlin. I think the two wing berths are the, two, are the creative outlets, and I think we can all agree that all the wingers this season have been very inconsistent. Now, what I do think is that with Neil Harris able to make five substitutions in a game, he can afford to start somebody like a Josh Murphy, where he might otherwise not have done and maybe have gone for a junior Hoylet. And he can do that in the knowledge that if it's not working after 40 minutes, he can bring him off, check junior Hoylet on, and um, make sure that there's a rotating door, especially on those in those wing berths. And it gives Josh Murphy, I think... It, or it gives Neil Harris the opportunity to play Josh Murphy more often in the knowledge that if it doesn't work out, which, you know, it hasn't because he's blown hot and cold, he can take him off. But I think that there will be more of a willingness now to play those players with, without the fear of them, oh, God, they're not performing, yeah. so we can't take them yeah. off. Yeah, I take that point. But I always say, as a, as a team that creates, because don't forget, if you're a winger, your job is to create. If you're Lee Tomlin, your job is to create. On top of that is to score goals, but first and foremost to create. Now I ask you, when's the last time Cardiff got a striker in double figures? Mm -hmm. Ricky, right. can I interject here quickly and go back mm -hmm. to the style? Absolutely. And, and, and this, mm -hmm. this is my exact point about the behind closed door football. That mm. I, we saw Old Trafford last last year when when I, when when the pressure was off. Cardiff actually played some lovely football at Man United and won the game. Um, yeah, um, right, 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 right. But Paul, it, it's it, that that is, it don't, I don't use that as example because that is that is the wind, wind up. That's the one that sticks in the throat for me, because what it shows is if you're a manager you and you can, what you and you can actually your team can actually go and put that performance in. I would say take a why 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 isn't that performance or why wasn't that performance ever brought in as of this is how we're going to play and we're going to work on this tactically day in and day out. If you work on that assumption from the day one, championship to the Premier League and back the championship, 
Cardiff and me are far more successful. Maybe they don't get relegated. I agree to it on the on the broader to a degree. point, Blakey. No, mm. on the broader point, whether they got relegated is another matter. But but in terms of the style of play, with the fans not being there, I appreciate these are highly competitive games coming up with a lot at stake. Obviously, I've already explained that with the Premier League at stake. But with the fans not there, could the pressure be off a little bit? And Cardiff actually do play in this style of football that you're advocating because they're more than capable of doing it, Nath. Uh, you, it, 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 you're capable of doing it, but it's like anything, right? It's, it's, you have to practice it. If you're not doing it uh, every day in training, if you're not playing in triangles, you're not looking to open people up, your wingers aren't, you know, one minute you're going outside to come inside and vice versa and runs from deep from midfielders and you're going to play into him and back to him and up to him. If you're not training that way, Paul, it's, I always say it's muscle memory. And if you stop doing it and do what we've been doing for the last, you know, three or four years, then that becomes the norm. You don't, you don't have the confidence to try these things because the manager is not encouraging these things because I, I and, and this is where, and I, I Listen, I don't know Neil Harris. And I don't don't know him as a person or anything like that. It's not an attack on him or anything like that. But I use what I see as examples. And I look at Millwall and I look under Gary Rowett and the jump forward in football and how they play is greater and better and has gone further forward toward what I would call inverted commons Monday football than when Neil had the same team for four or five years. So I look and say, are you tactically aware? Have you got the, have you got the tools to be able to do it? Because it's, it's, not, it's not a case of go out on training ground, train this way. You tactically have to break down minutiae detail. You do this, you be there. And then you add into the pot, right, your own imagination you, you you go out and you play with this sort of freedom but you've got certain structures and patterns in place that you know these are my this is my game understand this is my fallback this is t tactically what we're going to do to counter i, I, I don't think there are, i don't think there are any excuses for cardiff here nath right i love everything mm. that you're saying right there mm. are not many squads in that division at the top of the division, let alone lower down, who are able to perm between in, in these nine games where you need to have fresh legs, who are able to perm between four wingers of the ability of Junior Hoyler, Mendes Lang, Murphy, and Adoma. Mm -hmm. um, there are not many who, who are able to have the midfield options card have got, let alone the centre back options. They can really freshen this squad up now when the games come thick and fast. They can utilise mm -hmm. five good substitutes, which isn't necessarily the case with, with their immediate playoff rivals in the early games at least. And I just think that squad strength with these games coming so thick and fast, with the uniqueness of the situation, with the fact that this has not been a proper pre-season, Blakey, they've, they've had, right. what, a right. couple of weeks to get used to a three-month yeah. break and all that. That mm. must come, that must be to Cardiff's benefit. And Neil Harris has to take advantage of that, I think. If, if you're playing football. So the idea <laughs> in pre-season, honestly, the idea in pre-season... 
right? You think so you're gonna you're gonna be you're not gonna be as fit as what you normally are as a team and your 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 philosophy is built more on physicality, strength, power, pace. You're not gonna have that to the same limit as what you normally have. The idea is that then has to be right, we have to keep the ball better. Why? Because we can't chase them press and close down like we usually do. We can't go for 95 minutes, 100 minutes, right? You've seen like a Bundesliga, the amount of injuries and what have you, what have you, big squad or not big squad. It, 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 you're, it's difficult to, it's like, it's like seeing someone run a 10,000 meters, they trip over. They're at the front, they trip over, they get up. Once in a blue moon, you'll see them get back in the race and actually win it. I think I've only ever seen Mo Farah do it, to be honest with you. <laughs> right? It's, it's once you stop to then go again. If you go to the gym, Glenn, you would know if you go to the gym, Paul, you're training, running on a treadmill, you run for 20 minutes, you get off or walk for a minute, try and go again. It takes your legs forever to get going again. So the importance of keeping the ball and the style of football you play, for me now, is even more important because, you know, they're not going to be at their top physical condition. They're not. As simple as that. So I hope that the work that's been done, and it's and it's it's not going to be easy. It's it's tricky for Neil Harris. Very difficult to get the balance right. You're going to increase or improve the standard of football, and keep or try and get to a similar level of fitness. You know, it, it, it's a balancing act in training then. What you do with the ball, without the ball, do you do a more running, less running, more ball work, less ball work? It, it, it's, it, it's tricky, mate. So, you know, all I, all I hope is that Cardiff are ahead of the game, ahead of the pack, as when the gun goes for everyone to start again, they're in a better position than what they were. Okay, that brings an end to part one. In part two, we will be looking a little bit more closely at the Leeds United opener and the rest of the fixtures as a whole. Subscribe to The Boot Room on iTunes or listen on walesonline.co.uk. Welcome back. And in this section, we will be discussing Cardiff's upcoming fixtures. So, as we all know, next Sunday, the, the midday kickoff. Um, against Marcelo Bielsa's tabletop in Leeds United. Now, Blakey, when you go up against a team top of the league, well, I suppose these are unprecedented circumstances, but is that a cause to be fearful or is that something that's really going to get these players no, out of the No, you never get fearful, no matter who you're going. Intimidation is, is something that, you know... Some people fall for, but I, I I don't see Cardiff falling for it. And there's there's there's, there's things that happened in the past, Glenn. You know, Paul and know I've seen it. Fans will know that Leeds and Cardiff. There's there's <laughs> there's just something in that fixture that Leeds United never look forward to. Mm -hmm. So uh, you know, these are all the little connotations. If you're Cardiff City, you try and maximise and use. You know what I mean? How? That's down to the manager and his staff. Uh, and the players on how they approach the game and how they play the game, but it's always it always unfolds 
largely in over the last decade, largely in Cardiff's favour when they play Leeds United. So yeah, yeah, the, the stat it, is, it won't be something they're looking forward to. The stat is that Leeds have won just three of the last twenty-four encounters between the two. Teams. <laughs> okay, I didn't know it was that massive. Which is, that, that's, that's a ridiculously <laughs> impressive feat. Um, Paul, Paul, going into that fixture, um, Sol Bamba this morning or, or last night, whenever it was, said. Uh, well, he's branded it a must-not-lose rather than a must-win. Do you subscribe to that view? Well, I don't know Glenn is he on the couch. <laughs> I mean, any game, with respect, any game is must-not-lose. Um, uh, you know, they need to... If Cardiff going to start... By by hook or by crook, Cardiff have got to be in the mix going into the last two games of the season, mm. um, which are both eminently winnable matches. So, if it's a question of just slowly accumulating points in the meantime, then so be it. I mean, I, I don't know is the honest answer because home advantage is gone. You know, yeah, yeah, they have the familiarity of Cardiff City Stadium. Yes, there's an issue. How are Leeds United going to get to the game? Are they having to travel down the morning of the match on a flight because of um, because of all the travel restrictions and hotel restrictions and so on? So there's where home advantage could play in, I suppose. Cardiff's players can just, you know, relax at home as per normal. If they home. fly down, get quarantine at Cardiff Airport, 14 days. <laughs> um, I, I just... I just, I just don't know, you know, people, are t I haven't watched the German football, but people are telling me in the Bundesliga, more teams are winning away from home than at home. So home advantage has been lost in that respect. Um, it, it's hard for me to answer it, Glenn. You know, I mean, clearly they mustn't lose because the more they lose, the more they, they dip back in the table. But the key for Cardiff, I was looking at the table again the other night that day to refresh my memory, right? And this shows to me that there is squad strength there. The key for Cardiff, they, they have only Leeds and West Brom have lost more games than Cardiff. This uh, have lost fewer games than Cardiff this season. Yeah. Mm. That shows, despite the dire football we've watched that Blakey and I have talked about previously, they remain a very, very hard team to beat. The key now in these nine games is turning that plethora of draws into victories. Mm. Um, and that's where I would potentially slightly disagree with Sol. But equally, by the same token, a draw against the champions elect is a good result. I think I think what Sol's saying and what he's doing is 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 bang on. Honestly, I think you go into it's same as pre-season for the start of the season, the first fixture. You're absolutely devastated if you lose it home or away because you're geared. You're all everything is geared to that first game and the importance of the start. So even if, you know, it's just, well, it, it's not words that he doesn't mean, he means everything he says, but that is the message that you want the players to buy into, mm. right? It's a, it's a short nine game season. We want to win nine out of nine. Now, what I'd be saying if I was Saul is I would be, uh, reminiscing about the promotion season and the start of the season, the five, six games, I think, win streak. Something like that. Was it, Paul? Was it six games or seven games they won on a bounce? I can't remember exactly. In the promotion they, yeah. season? Well, I know they went five wins back to back because I know they, I think they broke a record. That is the kind of start, especially knowing I've been there, done it, got the T-shirt. If I'm Sol and the players who were 
in and around the club at that time. It's that kind of mentality we've got to get into, right? We've done it, we know it, it's muscle memory, we need to revisit it, go there mentally. And those who weren't there, pull them along with you and get into that framework. Even if you win a stinking performance 1-0, it's the win is you want. Because it's not, oh we, oh, we lost the first game or... Oh, we picked up a win and then we had three draws. It's, you know, forget about seasons. Just think it's a, it's like a, a, a 12 round boxing match cut the three rounds. You got three rounds, go all out. Mm. Well, the, the Cardiff, well, let's, let's have a look what we think of Cardiff's fixture schedule, because after that Leeds game, which is obviously a, bit, a very tough game, there's some tough fixtures coming thick and fast at them. So they've got Preston who are above them. Bristol, who are above them, um, and Fulham, who are above them, um, all within the next five games after that. So it's going to be a, t- a tough fixture list. But l- like you said, there, Blakey, if you if Cardiff throw everything they have at these fixtures, and as Paul has alluded to, with the squad depth that they have, even if they pick up a couple of injuries, surely they've got to be backing themselves. There's got to be some point in the season where they start backing themselves to get into this top six. Yeah, I think I think that, you know it's not through lack of trying. You know the boys don't not put in effort. The manager not doesn't not put in effort. I just think we're kind of behind the times. That's my honest opinion. I think if you and I understand because I was the one saying about transitioning managers. I think if you transition and go towards a more football-based style of football, you, you, like times like now, if you're a possession-based team. You're licking your lips. If you're not a possession-based team, you're looking at it and thinking, we've got a mountain to climb. Right? It's more difficult without the ball. There's no fans to drive you that extra yard or to, to close down a bit quicker, to run a bit harder. Those things aren't there. So it, for me, it, it, it all like what we're talking about all comes back down to the same thing. We need to improve our possession in play and how we play and how we go forward, how we approach the game, our philosophy, I suppose, which I've spoken about many times. I agree with that, um, Blakey, um, because we, you know, we battered on about it on the boot room for, for some time. What, what, I, mm. what I would do is slightly turn Glenn's theory on its head about tough matches and, yeah. say, and say that Cardiff have got a better team in my opinion, than some of those... I'm not saying they've got a better 11 than Fulham, but they've got a better team than Preston and Bristol City who are above them. And the key is, Glenn, that... And, and Blackburn are coming up as well. They're in the playoff mix. They're yeah. another one that Cardiff are playing shortly. I would turn it on its head and say that rather than it being a tough sequence of fixtures, I say this is in Cardiff's hands. They can, they can actually steal a march on their playoff rivals by playing the... You know, by... By producing victories, by playing in a slightly different style, and and give everything in these in these next few games, as you say, because they've got the squad strength which the others don't have to be able to change their team. Blakey, Glenn, I the other day I, I did a little exercise. I looked at, at Harris's likely first choice eleven, mm-hmm. yeah, and mm-hmm. I named the following eleven as a as an alternative team he could pick. Nathan, right, mm-hmm. Etheridge. Jazz Richards, Flint, Bamba, Brad Smith, Pack, Bakuna, Murphy, Glatzel, Mendes, and then, you know, you can't replace Tomlin as a 10, but you could put White in there, Danny Ward, whatever. 
Blakey, how many other teams have got that sort of squad strength? Um, I'm not sure, Paul, but, it, you know, I think what we've alluded to before is the size of Cardiff's squad. It's huge, you know, and we've talked about oh, it's got a cut here, cut there, you know, paying out too many wages. In a situation like this, you bang on. It's ideal. You know, you what you what you can do is you can actually go and you can tell players, go all out because we've got backup. We got strength in depth. So, you know, that is that is what Cardiff have in their favour. Can they utilize it? Is the question. Can they can they play it to their benefit? We'll have to wait and see. But it's a great position to be in having generally two championship teams in one dressing room, basically. I think when we look back on previous seasons, I think I think the benchmark to get in, to break into that top six in terms of points um, is around about the seventy-four point mark. Now Cardiff City currently sit on fifty-four points. I guess the bottom line is, I'm going to put this to both of you. Do you think in those last nine games, hand on heart, they can get twenty points from those remaining nine games? Don't rush. <laughs> yeah, wait for four. <laughs> oh, if I if I go first, I think the seventy four point figures are relevant this year. Um, Glenn, I don't think you can. I think this. So all our work done, Glenn, is irrelevant. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> cheers, boy. Yeah. I, I, I just no, it's a, it's a, it's an entirely laudable point to make, but I just think this is a freak year, and I think the figure for sixth place is likely to be a lot lower than that this yeah, season. Yeah, it could potentially. All. Yeah, and so I don't think Cardiff are going to need twenty points. Um. I, I'm still not convinced by Neil Harris as manager, um, and I fear that Cardiff will continue to punch below their weight, unfortunately. But I still maintain that they can take advantage because of the Tomlin factor, the Mendes Lang factor, the squad strength, ETCT. They can reset and take advantage of this enforced break. I think it can benefit Cardiff more than most teams in the division, and they're, they're more than capable of charging up into that sixth place, I think. They've got more than good enough players to be able to do that. And I hope Neil Harris's preparation and his, his mix and matching of the big squad that Blakey alluded to earlier is spot on and he gets Cardiff in there. Blakey, I'll turn it to you. Uh, ask the question again, Glenn. So let's say that 74 points is the benchmark, even though Paul mm. just poo-pooed it. Um, mm. Hand on heart, nine games to go. Looking at those fixtures, do you think there's 20 points there for Cardiff's taking? You're looking at six six wins minimum. I think that's that's a that's a big ask. I think six wins, mm. six wins, two draws. Uh, I think that's a big ask. Whether whether that's the benchmark of maybe the team that goes up automatic. Uh, are looking to get, I would say, to link yours and Paul's sort of point, I would say it might be a bit lower to get into the sixth spot. Yeah. Um, but, you know, every, like I say, it's it's like an 100-meter race. It is literally, it's not a, a 10,000. It's, it's a 100-meter race. Everyone's on the start line. The gun's going to go. 
it's who emerges out of the out of the Marlon pack. <laughs> which which team's gonna which team's gonna jump forward? Uh, and 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 Cardiff have uh, the squad. Are they capable? The way they play. I'm 50 50. Uh, if they play a, an improved brand, are they capable? I'm more 80 20 that they could do it. So uh, it's going to be difficult. But you, and, and you, are, you have to realize as well, we are, we are Cardiff bias, right? <laughs> so we are talking, oh, us, us, us. But what you got to think is on the other side of the bridge, they're talking the same way, mm -hmm. whether it's Preston, Fulham, Leeds United, whoever it is, they're all talking the same way. Right? Can we do this? Can we get into that? Right? Can we? So they're trying to improve what they're doing. They're trying to take advantage of situations. They're seeing where they can rotate players and everything. So, you know, like I said, everyone starts on the line, gun goes. It's just who comes out, who emerges with the uh, best record after nine games. But I think it's more likely if we said, can Cardiff start with a win uh, and trying, I would say, try and get three wins back to back. Can you get on a roll of three wins back to back? Mm. All right, that's, that, that's kind of the challenge. Uh, even if you lose the first game, can you then go and win three? All right. So it, it's, they've got to get, for me, out of nine games, to get in the playoffs, you've got to be minimum looking at four wins, realistically, to yeah. get in. Yeah. Okay, well... Which they're, which they're capable of doing. Definitely, definitely. I think we're all in agreement with that. Um, so that's the end of part two. Um, in the final part, we'll be discussing a little bit about Sol Bamba, and we'll be putting your questions to Blakey. Welcome back to the final part of Blakey's Boot Room. Um, so, chaps, we're just going to discuss a little bit about um, about Sol Bamba, and and well, I, well, just something I thought was quite interesting um, in what he said um, this morning. I think that there's a sort of a concession from him that you know he knows now that you know he's 35. He's, he's not the first choice centre back anymore. Of course, he, he's he's going to be. Um, He's going to be ready when called upon. I think his, his horrible injury woes are hopefully behind him now. Um, but one thing that struck me is that he says that he knows that he's got a big part to play in the dressing room in, in these in these final nine games, and you know the, the knowledge and experience that he brings with him. Now, Blakey, you're someone who's experienced uh, promotion many times. How important is it? And and at the time, do you know or appreciate? having those figures in the dressing room who've been there and done that? Oh, 100%. You can't beat experience, uh, gee. It's, 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 you know, it's probably the most important thing, how you get over the line. But as Paul alluded to earlier, this is, you know, uh, unprecedented circumstance. It's, it's, this has never been done in this way before. So it's, it's, it's it's something different, but his experience just overall as a player, as a leader, as a motivator, I think it's it's hugely important. Um, and Paul, well, how how do you view um, Sol's sort of situation at Cardiff now? He signed an, that extra year. 
playing contract while Neil Warnock was here last summer. And now, obviously, Neil Harris has come in. It looks like he hasn't really impressed him enough to get in in front of Sean Morrison and, and Curtis Nelson. But he, he's there for another season. Where, where, where would you think Sol's head is at at the moment, Paul? Um, acceptance of his fate to a degree, mm. Glenn, um, in terms of knowing that he's not going to play as often. You know, he's been an absolute shoe and an absolute regular when, when fully fit, and that clearly isn't the case anymore. Um, but he's a massive... I mean, Blake has always alluded to him as the real captain in that team. He remains a massive leader in that dressing room, and, and he knows he has a big, big role to play. Big role to play in terms of... Um, rallying the team and helping them get over this this sort of playoff line if you like in the in these coming weeks um moving beyond that i'd love to see Colt sold you know coached and groomed to become a future manager of cardiff but i think that's for the future i think the here and now is he knows what his role is but but i also suspect with these games coming thick and fast I think, you know, because there hasn't been a proper build-up in terms of pre-season, the injuries will kick in. They may kick in for the centre-backs and he may actually end up with a role to play mm. on the pitch that, that that isn't quite expected at the moment. So, you know, let's not let's not underestimate Sol's influence in these coming few weeks. Um, yeah, uh, sorry, Glenn. No, uh, can please. I just touch upon, uh, as for coaching, you know... I think we've said many times there's not enough uh, former players coaching in the academy. And they've just released uh, uh, another brace of players, uh, both from the 18s and the 21s. And it's like a, you know, it's like a constant merry-go-round uh, at Cardiff of, of releasing players. And you think, well, you know, this this cannot be right. I've said it. I probably said it years ago. Paul, you, Paul, you need to stop typing. I think. You yeah, yeah you type it's in. you, is it? You need to. <laughs> you, you need to. Uh, you need to. You need to make sure that you know this. The, the academy and the twenty threes have a purpose and what the purpose is. And I think, like when Neil Warnock came in, a brace of players were released. Uh, when um, and that that might have been the right thing to do. Uh, when Neil Harris came in, a brace of prayers again released, and it's the new manager is able to make decisions over the twenty threes in the academy. When really and truly, they should be independent bodies with some sort of foresight and leadership from the club itself of who is going up from 18 year old to 23 and who we then expect to go into the first team. Now, if you're churning out quality, 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 it's difficult for any manager to come in and go, well, you know, I know managers' opinions on players differ, you know, blah, 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 blah. But it's difficult, like Sanderson, the boy coming on loan, mm -hmm. right? It'd be difficult for, many managers today to go, nah, don't fancy him. Mm, don't like the way he gets forward well, crosses the ball well, good size, physical, strength, pace, pa nah, don't fancy him. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah. yeah. He might say, I prefer uh, 
a short, uh, more rapid or more of a um, defensive uh, style fullback more than an f- offensive. But you couldn't look at him and go, he's not good enough. Mm. All right? And I think like that is something as well that's playing into Cardiff City. Right? It's why we're not getting our own come through. So Sol's importance of going down, learning his, playing his trade, youth team, 23s, and then coming through, I think is massive. But I don't, I, I don't think it should just be Sol. I think they need to recruit you know, a better standard of coach from football and also then have their committee who decide on who's doing what and where and why. But you can't have like a manager come in and in two minutes then look over a game or two and go, nah, don't want them all. Mm. You know, like Cameron Cox and people like that. I've been there years, years since probably they're eight or nine years old, you know, committed to the club and none of them seem to have or been able to take that final step into first team football. Now, you know, for a club that was traditionally built upon its youth development, you know, it, it frustrates fans. It's got to. Especially when your neighbour has been forced into a situation and they've always had a good uh, youth development policy too. Both clubs in Wales, right? But when your neighbour is now producing, you know, a conveyor belt of players which are going on to then represent your country, you know, you, that, that, you know, that's something that's important to fans and important to the club and mm. important to the city itself. So, you know, getting more footballers in to the academy to help develop the footballer, because you're not just developing, and that's, that's the key word, developing. Mm. You're not just trying to develop a footballer, you're trying to develop a young man. Mm. Right? Responsibility, manners, you know, looking after yourself, cooking, cleaning, you know, all these things. Because I always say to footballers, you could be here tomorrow, in your, you could be here today in your comfort zone, what happens if tomorrow Middlesbrough make a bid for you, million pound, the club sell you? Your mum and dad and everyone can't move up with you and you're not a 19-year-old kid. Yeah. Can you cook for yourself? Can you clean for yourself? Can you do this? Can you do that? So it's not about just developing the, the player. It's about developing the person, the young man. It's a, it's a holistic approach. And I think that people like Saul, because he's a carer and a leader, would be huge for Cardiff. And Blakey, I just want to sort of come full circle, I guess, on on the very important stuff that you talked about at the start of the show. Um, And obviously touching on what Paul said there about um, potentially grooming um, Solomon to becoming a a very fine coach and and potentially a manager one day. Now, we've heard um, Raheem Sterling at the start of the week talking about lack of representation, you know, black coaches, black managers. Sol, with someone of his stature, his experience international experience experience at psg experience of english football he's clearly a very astute tactician you can see that from the way he plays football he is simply somebody we can't allow to drop out of the game once he finishes playing you You look at you look absolutely you look at the it comes down to the ownership then you know this is what i'm saying you can't allow i think what happened under neil warnock some things were unbelievably great but some things weren't so great, right? Now, the club has to have its identity. 
You can't rely on a manager who might be here today, gone tomorrow, to come in and make such important decisions. Mm. Right? Because the, if you're the youth team, if you're the academy, you're developing a player over the last two, three, four, five, six, seven years for someone who might have seen them play three times to come and make a decision and go, nah, not good enough, out. Mm. Also, you've got to add to that, and I'm not saying this is happening, but if I'm not spending money on those youth team players, that gives me more money in my budget to go and spend money on what I want. Right? So there's, there's more to it than just a simple, oh, he's good enough, he's not good enough. You know, you don't actually ever really know whether someone's good enough until you drop them in the deep water. It's a sink or swim situation. And that's, it doesn't matter whether you've trained for, been at the club 10 years or two minutes. Once you're dropped into the first team, it's a sink or swim situation. We've seen players who we think, oh, yeah, great signing. Sink. Yeah. We've also seen players who we think, yeah, well, not overwhelmed by him. Swim and swim well, fantastically well. So there's, 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 there's no guarantee, is my point. And, you know, Cardiff need to return. What, what I would be doing if I was Mr. Chu, Mr. Tang or Dalmat is looking at Cardiff pre them. Mm. Right? Pre their tenureship. Cardiff had a, a fantastic record going back decades of producing young Welsh talent which have come through the ranks. That has only dried up, really, under their watch. Mm. Now, ask yourself, why? If you're the club, look at yourself, look at why. Do we need a greater understanding of what's going on and how this club needs to be rebuilt and where it's going and what it's doing? Or do we live like hand-to-mouth, year upon year? It's got to be part of a developing plan over like a decade. You know, that's what I keep saying. I want to see Cardiff City. I want to see my club in the top division with the opportunity of going into Europe and then maybe in a year or two after getting into Europe. And then, okay, we've seen many clubs who go into Europe and then have a stinking season. But can you survive and keep building through the hard times? Because the team is only ever what you see. It's only the facade. Behind the scenes, the depth, the detail, the knowledge is what equals what you see on the pitch. Whether it's great, average, brilliant, you know, in between, you know, it's the detail behind. And, and that's where Cardiff need to improve. And the great thing is, with this platform, Blakey's Boot Room, as we've said, Paul, G, we've done said many things that we've seen then develop. We even think the managerial situation going from a Neil Warnock to a Neil Harris was because we were saying we can't just jump from A to D. We have to transition. Whether the decision was right or not remains to be seen. That proof will come out in the eating of the pudding. But, you know, the club really need to review its overall policy of how they, how they are doing things. Because at the end of the day, it comes down to affordability and money. And what I'm talking about will save the owner millions. Not a couple of grand, millions. Mm. Mm. All right. Okay, so we'll get on to the final part of the boot room, and that is just a couple of questions from fans to finish. So, Blakey, Ryan Davis asks, 
with a short run of games coming up, is it better to go full pelt with the best available team for every game, or try to bring in some of the youngsters like Taz Mayembe or Joel Bagan? Great question, Roy. Great, great question. Well, if you're young Taz, I always say, once you dropped in the first team, my mentality is I ain't coming out. Mm. So if I get an opportunity, I gotta I gotta take the opportunity. And I tell kids, you might an opportunity sometimes only knocks once. But I would be going all out for everything. And I wouldn't be giving I listen, I give the opportunity because I've seen he's earned it in training. Mm. Right? That's something we don't see behind the scenes. If Taz is on the pitch, it's gotta be because he's earned it. If it's for any other reason, he'll end up dropping off. Mm. All right, you might be successful for six months, a year, but long term, you won't be. He has got to earn the position. And do I think he's good enough? Well, he's clearly shown he's got the ability. So if I see him in the first team, I expect it to be because he's earned his position there. But I would be going all out and I wouldn't be just. Uh, making my making a definitive decision based upon or give you for chance i give you for chance because they're good enough mm. and that means i've got my coaches in place who have you know who have, they've got a 23s or 18s which work in exactly the same way as the first team work it's mirrored so when these boys come up the first team when i drop them in the deep water it ain't such a shock mm. Mm. you know we travel on friday nights if we're the 23s, if we're playing Middlesbrough or wherever away, we travel on Friday nights, we stay in hotels, we eat together, we do all the rules that the first team have are passed down through each team. So it's, it's not such a culture shock. Okay, and from Ian Stadden, he says, any ideas how us season ticket holders are going to be able to watch the remaining home games? Free access to Cardiff City TV, question mark. Not all of us have Sky Sports and BT. Haven't seen any communication from the club with regards to season ticket holders and how they are proceeding. Um, so I think that that is still being discussed. Um, but Blakey, how, how would you like? Um, I would subscription. Sub, uh, subscription. I would Cardiff TV. If you've got a season ticket, then you get the last. You get the nine games for free. Mm -hmm. Is that enough though? Because they, I don't know if they get it. Do you think they're getting enough for their, their money there? That's not really the same as going to the stadium. I well, they, 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 no, it's not. But you, you are. You, it is not all in your hands as Cardiff City. Mm. You know there are other things I'm sure you could do. I haven't thought about it off the top of my head. But the minimal is you all get to watch the rest of the remain, remaining games of the season at least. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That, yeah. that that is a that is a give me and and you know you give a free subscription for the next three months you know you never know you might improve the figures on cardiff tv you might get a few people staying afterwards mm. you know so it's it's not just the here and now there's a bit of thinking more long term as well with it but you yeah you've got to give the um the opportunity for season ticket holders who've paid their money uh the opportunity to watch games and if you haven't got the access on tv or whatever then you might have a, a backup scheme where you say okay you have a, 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 a 
nine games, whatever the calculation is for the season ticket. You have that if you buy a new season ticket next year. You you, you have that deducted off your yeah. price of your new season ticket. Yeah, or maybe even Those just discounts on merchandise or something. Like abso that absolutely, absolutely. But the, I mean, for me, the key is the game. Yeah. You know, if you buy a shirt or something like that, you might not want a shirt. You might want a five shirts. But the key is you get to see the game because that's what you paid for. You know, we're not. A, it's not like a holiday company. You book a flight, and then you know your money's gone, and you're like, oh, hold on a minute. You're not adult protected. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> can I get my money back? No. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you just alienate people. You, you know, come up with ideas, and you've had long enough to come up with ideas. So, you know, uh, I would have thought the club should be, you know, ahead of the game on that one. Yeah, well, fingers crossed. I think we're hoping to hear something this week. Um, well, gents, that's uh, that's the end of the show. Um, thanks to all you listeners for listening. And um, Blakey and Abu, it's been a pleasure as always. Yeah, it's nice, isn't it? No dropout. Can't believe it. <laughs> we drop out right towards the end now, you watch. Yeah, it's probably because you're now standing on your head, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I'll get better internet for next time. We won't have half hour of laughing <laughs> about at the start. <laughs> oh, okay thank you all bluebirds and see you all very soon <laughs>